Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp. As always, I'm joined by Will Murden. How's it going today, Will? Really good, buddy. You are coming in hot today. I'm like going it. You're up and about. It's, you're excited. I am. It's Christmas Eve. We are on the eve of Christmas. It is. So I'm excited. I'm feeling festive. Uh, so yeah, feeling feeling good about this show. I think we're in a good place. I think so, mate. Yeah, I've knocked off now. I'm officially on holidays for a couple of weeks. Well, that's good, as got... you usually are. So oh, coming from the teacher. <laughs> um, what's been going on? I mean, like apart from the horrendous bushfires that have been kicking around here in the hills, and uh, all the kind of other news around that, and the fucking mayhem that is Christmas shopping. What else is going on with you? Uh, yeah, just. Same old shit, I suppose. It is just madness. The bushfire's a bit scary. Like, yeah, no like Real shit. scary on that. I know both of us were kind of lucky enough that we were out of harm's way and our, our families' houses and stuff were kind of away. But it could have easily been us, like if it was more south in the hills, and that's that's very much us. And there's a lot of people out there in, you know, east the, east, the whole east coast of Australia yeah, uh, yeah. and some here in South Australia who weren't so lucky. And it's just one of those things that when it was all going down, we kind of know because we grow up with that, that, yeah. it, that it is a thing that you need to be acutely aware of. But it doesn't make it any better or easier when it is happening. And then you see the footage coming out. You just, it's, it's really terrifying. So... That's been a bit scary. And then, yeah, did my uh, finish on my Christmas shopping today. <laughs> so that, it is the 24th of December. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. fuck, I hate myself sometimes. <laughs> like, I just, I, I try so hard to buy it all online. That's that's the, the clever move. But then yeah. there's a, a cutoff point, And that's normally, you know, a week before. And then shit's not going to get delivered. So yeah, yeah. I miss that for a few things. I'm like, all right, okay. that's cool. I'm, I'm going to really kind of try and play the whole kid card here and I'll just print off some photos uh, that I can give as gifts you know photos in a frame nice easy one yeah. and I got put through my own fucking personal hell because <laughs> like I, I'm not like a huge tech guy but I'm pretty tech savvy it's kind of part of my job and, and I'm pretty handy with that sort of stuff but when I have to stand in a queue at like an office works with people who are operating the machines to, to work the printers and there's like Half a dozen people in front of me, two people sitting there, and then I have to sit through each person sitting down and trying to figure out how the fuck to make it work. And it's like a 10-minute ordeal that these people are going through, and they just have no fucking idea. And like I'm just sitting there imploding. Like, ah. Okay. I'm still uneasy about it. Okay. Well, maybe that's like the theme of the show that we can run with. It's just like which teams are going to go through their own personal hell in bowl season. Maybe that's where we're at. I don't know. I'm just uh, yeah. a bit of a think about it. Yeah, but. I mean, we, we can throw that out there, but that's done now. It's, it's all out there. I was able to get in, get out, get it done like most fucking normal humans should be able yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I visited the shops and you really got to psych yourself up to like even leave your house and mm. get in the car and go on the road to, uh, to get to these places around Christmas time, but... Anyway, it is hectic, but hey, the festive season's here. So what do we talk about on this show? Uh, College football. That's that's right, right, okay. Let's move on. So we've got a massive show to get to because we've got the bowl recaps from last week. We've got all the rest of the bowl previews, which will... Some will be short, some will be long. Uh, We've also got a couple or a little game to play. We've got signing day recap. Will wants to talk about how well he did on the punt. Um, We've got the Aussies in action as well. So a massive, massive show. 
Hopefully we don't talk too much shit as we continue down this journey and as we approach Christmas Day. Yeah, we're going to have to keep a cracking pace because as you said, there is a hell of a lot of content for us to get to. There is. Okay, so quickly I'm going to jump in with some signing day recap. I know you wanted to sort of semi have a bit of a look at this. Uh, well, but- yeah, I want to hear your take on it because me, not a big recruiting guy, I don't live in that world, so I don't know a lot and I know you very much are, so... Share that with the world. Yeah, I mean, I don't have heaps. It's it's a it's a bit of a shady world. Obviously, we've talked about this in the past. Um, there's heaps of film out there on young upcoming players. Obviously, in high school, and I've only started just started to delve into that world. Like I remember going back a few years, and I was like, oh, I, you know, be more of an NFL fan, I suppose, and then. As I shifted more to the college game, I was like, oh, it's it's interesting to see what traits you see on a college field that do or don't translate to the NFL. And of course, the same thing happens with high school football and, and the difference between good and bad is sometimes astronomical. So it's really hard to tell. In terms of teams though, uh, Clemson dominate again. Pretty much every one of their players is a four or five star recruit they've signed the bulk of their class already and they sit atop at number one and not just four or five star recruits too like they're selective with their four or five star recruits like they get the good attitude four or five star guys they're not just clamoring after star guys which some programs will do they are making sure they're getting the hardest worker in the team who also happens to be the most talented and and bringing them in so the big news around that i suppose is zachary evans who the number one running back uh, showed that he was pretty keen on Clemson early in the piece, and Dabo Swinney, after doing his research, decided that he wasn't a culture fit at Clemson and said, thanks but no thanks. So he's actually just shelling five-star dudes while you know a lot of other guys are less like, or a lot of other teams are less likely to do that. He's looking likely that he's going to head to Georgia, or looking more likely that he's going to head to Georgia, along with a couple of other guys as well. Darnell Washington, a massive, massive tight end. Look out for him in a couple of years if you're an NFL fan. Six foot seven, absolute weapon of a human. Uh, and he will, uh, I believe he's a five-star guy as well. Not even the number one tight end in the class, I don't think. I think Georgia have already got that locked up. Other schools that are dominating... And again, it depends on whether you go rivals, 24-7, composite, all that kind of stuff. But Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Georgia, A&M are up pretty high this year under Jimbo Fisher without actually seeing too many results on the field just yet. So an interesting... I mean, Jimbo was always known as a good recruiter, so probably not a great surprise there. Florida, Auburn, Tennessee. Jeremy Pruitt, again, also known as a recruiter at Alabama has pushed them up. Oregon, Mario Cristobal, known as a recruiter. You're starting to see a bit of a theme here. Michigan, Oklahoma, Washington. Um, probably, you know, the big, a couple of bigger shocks. Texas at 21. You don't see Texas out of the top 20 very often. Normally, kids in the state of Texas just line up to go there. Well, yeah, and obviously, Texas A&M have grabbed a, a bunch of those that would normally go to uh, Austin there. And possibly Oklahoma as well. Obviously, Oklahoma pull a lot of Texas kids as well. I did read that they had a bit of a down signing period too, like of the big programs, that they were one of the big losers on the day. Okay, fair enough. North Carolina, 
Uh, under Mac Brown, he again was also known as a recruiter. North Carolina coming off a what one and two season or one and two win season, whatever they had last year, then go on to have a really good season. And something we that always got attributed to coaches was this signing day bump. Every time you got a new head coach in, their first full class would be a big signing day bump. Some schools get it, some don't. North Carolina has managed to do that. Kentucky in the top 20 as well. Probably the big noticeable one out. Oh, my boys at Purdue at 27. Go on. This is according to rivals, by the way. Um, But the big, big loser... I think your cowpokes are at 41. Not saying they're the big loser. No, that's pretty standard for them. Yeah, but USC, uh, the Trojans are down in the 70s somewhere. In On rivals, they are at 83 with only 11 recruits signed. Uh, one four-star, no five-stars. So, I mean, they are set to make a bit of a move. They probably won't finish there because they've only got a really, really small class at this point. Uh, but definitely know, concerning. I mean, that, that's oh, unheard of for that program to be that far down low. Massively. They just used to not have to do anything. And the sorts of teams that have ranked higher than them at the moment, UConn, Massachusetts, Marshall, the Boise, Southern Miss, Northern Illinois, Middle Tennessee State, Troy, Temple, yeah. Western Michigan. All these teams are sitting higher than but USC. It, I Mike. guess it does show that there is still a bit to be played out here. Whilst we have had the early signing day right. period, there is still a lot of commitments out there and, and open and available for them to climb back in. Yeah, a lot is probably a little bit keen. The big boys have signed pretty much their entire class. I think Clemson have signed like 24 out of their 26 or something. So most of the big boys are done. Uh, it'll be, you know, for those smaller ones, just wrapping up the ends of it. Schools like Notre Dame, Miami, Texas, and Florida State are yet to finalize their classes. So that gives a bit of a look at uh, signing day recap. There'll be the second signing day in February where we'll know more about exactly how the team's going to look. Then we head into the barrenness of the offseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think what we will do as well is try and get a complete list of all the Aussie boys who signed too. So we'll wait till the end of the period and then we'll try and get something up out there. And they often come on later because of the facts of where they played as Juco players and stuff like that. Correct, correct. And I mean, punter is a devalued position. So you're going to be more willing to throw out a scholarship for a, a punter player later in the piece when you know you, you don't have opportunities at certain other guys. For sure. Uh, big-ish sort of news around Oklahoma is that uh, they've had some player suspensions. So in the lead-up to their semi-final game against Clemson, OU have had uh, around uh, some NCAA drug testing and some players came back with a positive drug test, which means they will be forced to sit. Yeah. That, I mean, this is huge news too because we're talking about a starting defensive end. Uh, and a backup running back to Kennedy Brooks, who's in no real healthy state at the moment. And, of course, they don't have Trey Sermon, so they are thin at skill positions. Correct. Uh, and then and then another depth guy. And then there's also news that their starting free safety is out injured as well. So that's another starter down and, and not available for this game. I'm really worried for that Oklahoma team now because they are coming up against an absolute juggernaut and you need to be firing your best shot. And if you don't have the bullets in some the chamber... Players. <laughs> some players. You're, you're certainly up against it. So that is certainly big news to, to come out here. 
Yeah, I mean, that Oklahoma defense is terrible, so no one's going to miss DB, I don't think. But anyway, um, now we do have a quick game we want to get to. Let's make this short, sharp, and shiny. This is your brainchild, Will, so take us through it. Yeah, so I thought quickly it'd be a good chance for us to kind of go into this episode. I know we don't have heaps of time, but a bit of fun and perhaps take a look at things for next season, put ourselves in charge of our programs that we are fans of. So whilst we try and keep impartial, we do a pretty piss poor job of that. <laughs> yeah. You uh, get the AD cap for Miami Hurricanes. Mm-hmm, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll collect the one for Oklahoma State. And mm-hmm. we're going to go through the Power 5 conferences and then cherry pick one player from each conference. No coaches. No coaches, one player from each conference that we would look to grab if they were somehow to become available via the transfer portal. If there was one person on any of these teams that we could get after, this is who we would want joining our team. So let's run through it. Let's start in the SEC. You can kick things off for us. Uh, Who would Miami go for if you're in charge uh, at the SEC? Okay, so I'm going to take Evan Neal. He is a former Florida product. Uh, He would slot nicely back into that Miami culture. He even had interest in Miami during the recruiting process. He is a mammoth of a man. He's a true freshman last year. Starts at guard. Uh, The Canes defensive line, uh, sorry, offensive line has been nothing short of horrendous. I think we finished outside of the top 100 in sacks allowed, um, QB pressures, all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to take an absolute monster of a man in Evan Neal. So he'll start. He'll slot straight in at right guard, okay. for, or probably left guard opposite uh, Navon Donaldson. That's a nice one. It can never hurt having a offensive lineman. Exactly offensive right. lineman, that's what we're about. It, okay. it is so important, so I like that. Uh, all right, then I am going to grab probably the most impressive freshman I've seen in some time, Derek Stingley Jr., uh, the cornerback out of LSU. Yeah. He's been well documented this year about how successful he's been, how prolific he's been at that cornerback position. So if there's any player I'm grabbing, it's probably him anywhere from any of the conferences. So happy to bring him across and chuck him in the Cowboys secondary. Just a quick one. Where are the the shortcomings of Oklahoma State moving into next year? Have you had a big look at, at where your light on? Like I know for Miami, uh, offensive line, Defensive, well, cornerbacks, our safeties are probably okay, but cornerbacks we're really light on. Offensive line and linebacker for us is really weak, so they're sort of the positions that I've kind of targeted. Yeah, I mean, the whole defensive side of the ball is always a bit of a struggle for us. (laughs) Uh, I actually feel good about our defensive line because it was quite young this year. Uh, Trace Ford there is a freshman who I think has a huge amount of potential and has really flashed this year, so I'm... the. The defensive line I'm okay with. I know we have a couple of senior corners who are looking to go on, so that's going to be a huge need for us. Uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, it's just reload. It, yeah, it always is. They, they fit in the system and they only need to be a three-star guy like a James Washington or a whoever it is, and, and they're going to show out. So yep. it, it is that defensive backfield that's probably my number one concern. Okay, good, good pick for you then. All right, next selection. Where do you want to go? Uh, let's go Big Ten. Big Ten? Okay, uh, why don't you start? Kick okay. us off. So on this one, I'm going to continue on the defensive theme. You can tell <laughs> okay. I'm someone who gets frustrated watching the Cowboys whenever the, we don't football. have the ball. Big 12 football. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to grab Micah Parsons. Yeah. And, and he's the sort of player that 
we just don't get at Oklahoma State. Like, we do not get that and a dude this athletic. Yeah. Like, it, it just doesn't happen, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Former number one recruit, he, I yeah, think, in the yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, coming out of high school, five-star guy. He's got all the physical traits, and he shows it on the field too. So he'd play that linebacker position, and he could literally play anywhere, I think. So to inject that sort of defense would just be fun to watch. Like, we, yeah, we just yeah. don't get it. So that's yeah. that's my pick there. That is a very good call. Uh, I am going to take Antoine Winfield. Uh, junior not the father uh, he's probably done now but he's a golden gopher defensive back I remember I, this sticks with me very distinctly we watched a game with him last year here and he picked off a two point conversion or interception in the end zone uh, to ice a game in very early on in the season last year as a true freshman he's a sophomore this year and I need some defensive backfield help. A lot of the other guys in the Big Ten, just how this has all sort of fallen out, a lot of the defensive back guys in the Big Ten, of which is a good place to go hunting for defensive players, uh, a lot of those guys are seniors. So uh, the, the top guys in that conference are seniors. So I'm taking uh, a guy that I'll at least get one year out of who's a, who's a real good lockdown corner like his father was. Okay, yeah, no, always handy to have around. Let's go to the Pac-12 now. Okay, I'll jump in first. Panay Sewell, who I never know if I say his name right. I know you definitely don't and you're Correct. quite open with that. Correct. Um, but the all-conference, all-American uh, offensive lineman, I am going to just really shore up the big boys yeah. up front. Building the trenches. Oh, That's mate, you got to win, win in the, the trenches. Old school football. So I'm going to stick him at left tackle and he can play there for 20 years for all I care. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's, sorry, that's sorry Mario Christabel, but your offensive line just got weaker. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm going to go a big boy myself, but again, back to the defensive side. And Jay Tufele. Uh, uh, defensive tackle at USC, yeah, monster of a man. He's, so three hundred and ten pound defensive tackle, sort of someone you can structure up around. Like he but, can, he can just eat up. Yeah, he's like a bit like Vita Vea, just like those Polynesian boys. I don't know, like where obviously coming from the Pacific Islands or or obviously have got families there, but you know in America or whatever. But you know really popular at BYU or Utah or USC or UCLA on that West Coast and they just like throw people around like it's Correct. nothing. Like, yeah, and like there, there are big dudes. There's quite a number of big fellas out there, right? Like 310 yeah, yeah, pound yeah. plus dudes. But the difference is those ones that are super athletic. Yeah, and, and far, he fits light-footed. Exactly like when right. When you see big like, dudes with light feet, you're like, Jesus. Correct, like they can dunk basketball yeah, 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 and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And you're like, Jesus Christ, big man should not be <laughs> yeah. moving like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're, we're not overly big fellas, but if we were to have a foot race with these people who oh, weigh crushing like, us. Yeah, like <laughs> 100 kilos more than us, <laughs> yeah. they're well, cruising you, past maybe, yeah. not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, bit of size, that's what I'm going for there. Makes perfect sense to me. Uh, okay, so what have we got left? We've got the Big 12 and the ACC. And the ACC. Interesting, so, which is both of the homes of our two yeah, teams, so, respectively. So are we going to be pilfering <laughs> from each other or are our teams that average? <laughs> that we're not all that interested. Let's go ACC. Okay, ACC. The Kane struggled at QB. I'm going to take the best QB in the country uh, and he'll be the number one draft pick. He's the best quarterback to come out for a long, long time. He'll go and win his second national championship and that is Trevor Lawrence. That's a, that's a good get. Done. It's a handy get. It's a handy get. I'd t- t- the only person that I would take over him potentially, which I'm not allowed to, is Dabo Swinney. 
I think he's a fantastic coach. I would pill for him if I could. Yeah, because that's longevity, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You're not just talking one year. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, I mean, there's no argument against that. I will go to that same well. Uh, Clemson, they've obviously got all the talent in the ACC. I'm going to grab Justin Ross. He would be exciting in that Oklahoma State offense. He'd put up numbers. Like the six foot four weapon that he is, like spreading the field. We've seen it from... Well, he wins one-on-one. Like they just... Trevor Lawrence, if he ever gets in trouble, and this is where he got stuck earlier in the year, we just throw it up to him. Yeah, yeah. And, and not, he got picked off a, a few times, yeah. but it's like, they just throw it up to him and he wins. It's, it's not a bad strategy. So, <laughs> no. like, if you, you saw what Des Bryant did, what Justin Blackman did, what... Uh, Anyone. Yeah, Tylan Wallace and, until he got hurt. Uh, obviously, James Washington as well. Justin Ross would just absolutely feast in, in that yeah. offense. So that would be my selection. And uh, he's got an interesting backstory as well. If you read a little bit about him, his coach convinced him to stay with football. He was going to quit in high school and just wasn't interested in playing the college game. And apparently his coach said, no, wrong, <laughs> wrong answer. <laughs> you are going to go play football. And obviously somewhere like Clemson, which looks after their kids and that real family feel is, has suited him well. Okay. Let's let's finish things off. Big 12. Big 12? Okay. I am in no need of this position at all because the Canes have got a five-star guy sitting on the bench at the moment. Can't get him on the field. We've just signed a four-slash-five-star guy, top kind of five running back in the country, and another really, really good one as well in Don Chaney and then Knighton as well. So the Canes are loaded in the backfield. But... But I'm taking Chuba Hubbard. Chuba, okay. Just because he's your best player. And why not try and fuck with Oklahoma State? I mean, I'm expecting him to go, go out this year. Well, like he hasn't declare. declared yet. He, he hasn't, hasn't declared yet. yet. So, it's so a, I'm going to assume he's around. Yeah, okay. Up until recording, okay. he's playing next year for the Canes. Yeah, so. and, and that's fine. I guess no loss for us because I already see him as gone. If you get him for a year, that's yeah. great. <laughs> I mean, we might just run four running backs in the backfield and just no quarterback. Let's see how that. Or plays Trevor out. Lawrence. We've let's see Trevor. how that plays out. <laughs> okay, no, nah, I mean he is super talented, and it would be awesome if he stuck around for another year. Just don't expect it at that running back position. There's just too much that can happen to them. Uh, that this is the this is the issue with this game is the fact that it's not real and accurate, and that Tuba Hubbard might be leaving. Is that the problem with this? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, to, to round things out, I'm going to grab Caden Stearns from Texas. He's the safety there, a younger brother of all Big Twelve safety uh, Jordan Stearns, who played at Oklahoma State. Uh, watched him play. He, he had like 150 tackles every year that he played. Uh, he was super productive and that's just a reflection on your front seven really isn't 100%, it 100% <laughs> yes it's not uncommon for our back end to be leading leading the tackles yeah. for our side but uh, it appears that Caden Stearns is even better than, than his brother who did land on an NFL team as an undrafted free agent but I, I expect Caden Stearns would probably be a first round pick uh, out of Texas so if I could get him to join where his brother played that would be awesome Okay, so to just to quickly recap, who are you lopping so, off? I, yeah, I, I think this has been a the, the, what I was trying to highlight here is a bit of a, a bit of a teaser for next year in, in some of the players that we've kind of yeah, got yeah. To, that are sticking around that have been productive this year. But I've got uh, Derek Stingley at LSU, Caden Stearns from Texas, Micah Parsons from Penn State, Jay Tufele from USC, and Justin Ross at Clemson. And I have got. 
if I go in reverse order here, I've got Trevor Lawrence from the ACC, Sewell from Oregon in the Pac-12. Big 12, I took Chuba Hubbard, although he's probably gone. Evan Neal, the offensive lineman from Bama in the SEC. And in the Big 10, Antoine Winfield Jr. from the Minnesota Golden Gophers. But this probably gives some scope for guys that'll be on preseason watch lists and certainly all-conference slash all-American teams. And our, both our programs would be... Springboarding up in top oh, tens mate. with that. We're fucking taking it out. We're done. <laughs> no, we're not. Our coaching sucks. But, all right. Uh, let's jump into some bowl recaps. Now, we've got to keep these pretty quick because these games haven't been overly exciting. Uh, there's been blowouts, some high scores, uh, and nothing overly special to report at this stage. Um, a couple of upsets probably, but let's dive right in. The 21st of December saw Buffalo 31, Charlotte 9. Uh, wasn't a game, so let's push on. Yeah, I mean, that's the only one that I really did predict, or the only one that I made any money on on the punt, so yeah, you'd be we'll spewing hear. if you missed it. <laughs> we'll hear more about that. Now, can State win their first ever bowl game in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl, which everyone wants to win, uh, but Kent State get over Utah State to come from behind in the last quarter. They put on 25 fourth-quarter points to win that one 51-41. to 41. And this has been the best game of the bowls slate so far. I, this is probably the only one I've really enjoyed. Uh, a lot of the other stuff I've kind of been like, eh. But this one was good fun. Uh, and down the stretch, they were trading blows and Utah State would get up and then Ken State would fire right back. And Dustin Crum, whoa, where'd he come from? Yeah. He absolutely lit it up with both his legs and through the air, took control of this game, and I actually had quite a bit of fun with this one. 23 carries, 147, and a touch for Dustin Crum. As we move along to Sunday in the Chris Peterson Bowl, Washington had a big, big win, 38-7. to If you give that man, and I'm talking about Chris Peterson again here, if you give him time to prepare, which you always get in bowl games, he is going to dominate you, especially in a game where he's... Jacob Eason looked okay uh, at times, and Washington had their way with the Broncos. Yeah, he's certainly a great coach. I've been banging that drum for a very long time. And I was surprised probably at how lopsided this one was. I expected Boise to show a bit more because I thought that they were probably match up all right talent-wise. I just thought that the coaching side of things would lean towards Washington, but they just completely blew them out of the park in this one. Yeah, wasn't even close. And good for Washington. They finish off their season and go out the right way for Chris Peterson. So a good win for the Huskies. Well done to them. Appalachian State took on UAB. Another one we did predict. Didn't really get too close. Uh, and Appalachian State beat UAB 31-17. to 17. The Blazers still managed to cover on that one. You're not happy with that? I am not. Okay. Where where was the... It was a 17. Ouch. Um, but, I mean, that's the danger, I suppose, isn't it? When Just, you're playing around with those big lines, it certainly is. Exactly. Uh, another one, wow. I mean, this one probably does surprise me a little bit. San Diego State and Central Michigan. Just in terms of the score, I'm not the San Diego State one. We both predicted that. But in terms of San Diego State actually showing some aptitude... On offense, was a bit of a surprise because they were rough during the season. Yeah, so. well, I actually predicted Central Michigan to win this game. Ah, uh, back them out to win out. Right. Yeah, not good. Hindsight, bad call. 
Yeah, so a, a bit of a disappointing finish to the season for Central Michigan. Uh, obviously, they lose their conference championship game and then back that up with a disappointing effort in the bowl game to finish 8-6. and six. But, you know, positive movements for them compared to where they were this time last year under Jim McElwain. Uh, Liberty surprise us somehow. They shut down that Georgia Southern triple option offense and and get a win, 23-16. Again, a game that didn't reach any particular great heights. Uh, Stephen Calvert was okay for the Flames through the air with 270 yards and two touchdowns, uh, but it was that 57-yarder from... Uh, to to Johnny Huntley that really you know got them going and 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 put them over the top. So and we I don't know how many times we have to say it, but good coaching is so critical at the college level. And Hugh Freeze has shown that he can coach the football, and he's come into Liberty and really taken things to another level for that program. So this is a great result, and and they'd be happy because I think this is their first bowl victory as well. It would be yeah for sure. Uh, SMU and FAU Florida Atlantic. Now, I was concerned after the Lane Kiffin departure as he heads off to Ole Miss. SMU under Sonny Dykes, I saw some really good things out of them throughout the year in the American Conference. And I thought Florida Atlantic, whilst they were good, were just beating up on weaker opponents. That is clearly not the case as they put a world of hurt on SMU uh, to the tune of 52-28. to 28. That is a blowout in anyone's language uh chris robeson was fantastic through the air 305 two touchdowns um and kylan granson was also a contributor for smu but you know couldn't have any impact as florida atlantic get things done comfortably yeah i was certainly surprised at that one i really thought that smu were going to be the better football team and they were clearly not on the day they were absolutely smoked by the owls so that's going to be interesting to see where that program now goes with lane moving on and to see if they can continue their winning ways uh in the camellia bowl florida international fiu yes this is the same fiu team that beat miami just lost to arkansas state to finish the season six and seven uh arkansas state get over the top of them 34 to 26 but we won't hang around too long uh, oh actually probably arkansas state's omar bayless does need a quick Chat, are you going to mention him later? Yeah, probably touch on him. Okay, when so we hand we'll, out some stickers. We will Don't push go on, on those toes. Yeah, all right. So that pretty much takes us through the bowl games that we have seen so far. Yeah, we had this morning UCF and Marshall. Oh, yeah, sorry, in, I didn't miss a, UCF, UCF. In a bit of a messy one. So I, I caught a few highlights of this one. I uh, wasn't able to watch it in the office, but uh, it was weird and ugly and rainy and a bit all over the shop and there's a bit end, of scuffle as well yeah after, um ucf score uh and then gets pushed to the ground and then it all sort of kicks off and uh not a great one at the end of the day we got the result that we probably expected right ucf winning quite comfortably 20 odd points yep uh, no great shocks there. So they get in and do what they need to do. Okay, let's hand out some ha- helmet stickers from this first round now. So let's do it. We'll try and fly through this. Arkansas State in their big win. Uh, Lane Hatcher, the quarterback, had a, quite a prolific day. 27 of 51 for 393 yards and four touchdowns, which is quite good. 
Uh, Jordan Love had a better day for himself in their losing effort. So he was 30 of 39, which is quite efficient for three touchdowns, but also had an interception. And that's been a big problem for him all year this year that's going to be really intensified as he comes in and, and declares to go off uh, for draft season. Uh, Dustin Crum, the quarterback who I mentioned earlier for Kent State, was both through the air. I mean, 21 of 26 for 289 yards and two touchdowns is pretty, pretty efficient. And then ran the ball 23 times for 147 yards. Like, you'd be sore at the end of the day. You've done a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, good work, old crummy. Uh, also rushing the ball, a name we've said a few times this year for Buffalo, Jarrett Patterson, 32 carries, absolute workhorse. I had a couple of scores and 173 yards. Uh, and we had Darrington Evans at App State with 19 carries and a touchdown at a gaudy average of 8.3 yards a carry. Catching the ball for Arkansas State was Omar Bayless, who you mentioned before. So he had nine catches and 180 yards, which is pretty impressive. Austin Maloney out at FIU in their loss had 10 catches for 178 yards. Another Austin Watkins at UAB had 10 catches for 159 yards. And Sayosi Mariner at Utah State had seven catches, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. So he did his bit in their losing effort. All right, thank you for that. That's all right. Uh, Want me to keep rolling? Go some yeah, Aussies no, in action? Yeah, jump, no, jump straight in. So let's talk to me about the Aussies. That's more okay. what I'm interested in. So we did have five Aussies play across these bowl games as well, which was awesome. Uh, first up was Maddie Hayball at FAU, who's really been quite uh, impressive down the stretch. He's a good Adelaide boy. He had five punts for an average of 48 yards, and he's only a freshman this year. I think he has a really bright future ahead of him. He's certainly one that we're going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, Jamie Sackville at SMU got on for one punt, which was cool. Good opportunity for him to kick the ball. Um, Cody Grace at Arkansas State, who we're a little bit scared of because he's a massive man, had three punts at 39 uh, and a bit. Joel Whitford at Washington, I believe, finishes his career there uh, as a senior. He had three punts uh, at a a really nice average of 47.3, so a good way to send him off with a big win. And Xavier Suboch at App State was busy with seven punts at an average of 44.7, which is a really good day. All right. Gee, you've blitzed through those boys pretty quickly, but well done to all the Aussies and well done to all the guys that are yet to play, and we wish them well as they get, for some of them, their last cracks at the college football experience. For some of them, it is their first experience in bowl games, and and it is a, a field that we will continue to develop guys into as well. All right, let's jump into the remaining bowl previews. So on Christmas Day at 11.30, we've got Hawaii and BYU. Have, we've already previewed that game. I think we? we've already touched this one. Yeah, so let's, let's move on past if, that one. If anyone wants to listen to it, just go back to our last episode. Exactly. Just skip, over the, on, win. skip over the on-the-pump thing because that's not going to age well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Let's go the 27th of December then. So have Boxing Day off. Allow that from me, which is obviously going to be... Cricket. Uh, Cricket, obviously. Yeah, watch the Aussies playing the Boxing Day test, but obviously Christmas Day in America, no one's playing on that one. So Friday the 27th, let's start with, in time order, which I'm not happy about, chronological order, Louisiana Tech and Miami play in the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl. I would rather be playing Walk-Ons, but anyway. uh, Louisiana Tech and Miami square off in Shreveport, Louisiana. And I don't have much to say on this one. 
No, I don't really have a great deal either, mate. It's not one that kind of brings a whole heap of excitement. I feel good for Miami because they're less than a touchdown favourite, which I feel like is a bit disrespectful, but also fair with the way that they've played. So but I think- no- nothing good comes from this, I don't think, from a Miami standpoint. Yeah, you win great. You win close great. You win big good. It just justifies this poor coaching outfit and and it's it's all about momentum into the off season mate you want to have a big win here you want to get things going and make sure that those workouts in the off season are full of hype because and i still want them to win don't get me wrong like i I hate i don't know how people fans of teams wish for their team to lose so they can get either better draft picks or coaches fired or whatever well that's because i beat you in fantasy this year so yeah (laughs) and what 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 does the winner get out of that my team sucks anyway um (laughs) moving on uh, Pittsburgh, Eastern Michigan. Yep, that's about as much time as we're going to give it. So cool. that delayed silence. There is nothing really to report there. Pittsburgh should win that in the Quick Lane Bowl on Saturday, the twenty eighth of December, at three thirty a.m. You'll be getting up for this one. What your North Carolina take on Temple in the Military Bowl? I mean, what? I mean, Temple have been pesky for some teams. North Carolina have been inconsistent at best. Is there any way that Temple can upset the Tar Heels? I'd be surprised. I I really like uh, Mac Brown with a bit of time up his sleeve. So he's had something like, you know, 20, 30 days to prepare for this one. He's a very well-credentialed, experienced coach. I think he's going to have them firing and North Carolina get out on top here. He will. I mean, the issue with Mac Brown was that he had players and not necessarily plays, which... Well, and uh, also he needs to go to bed at like 5.30 because he's 90 years old. Well, I mean, that's true. He has got to eat breakfast the night before. Um, at 6.50, Michigan State take on a, a a Wake Forest team that has just ground to a halt towards the end of the season. I think Michigan State probably win this, but... This is the new era pinstripe bowl, by the way, played in New York. Have been to that. You have been to that game, yes. How was it? Uh, Rutgers, Iowa State. Oh, yeah. That was the Rutgers year. Rutgers got a bowl game? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's New York. It was the year that uh, Iowa State beat Oklahoma State, and that was their only loss on the year when we finished number three in the nation, oh, was that 2011. That yeah. So I was really happy to see Iowa State lose. I was a big Rutgers fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm taking Michigan State uh, mainly because Gage Surratt is not playing in the game for Wake Forest. I just don't see how they're going to be able to move the ball So against this Michigan State. Yeah, a bit of strength defense. on strength. Uh, yeah, it is a little Michigan bit. Michigan State's defense and Wake Forest's Sorry, offense. Uh, I'd, I'd probably take Michigan State in this too just because Sage Surratt is out. He's a huge part of that offense there, so they're going to certainly feel that. And... Whilst Michigan State really struggled to score, their defense has been pretty consistently good all year. Okay, at 10.15, Oklahoma State and Texas A&M square off in the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl. What a lovely little time slot I've got here. Saturday, 10.15. This is beautiful. Love this. Yeah. Uh, This game is played in Houston, Texas. Like, Texas A&M going as favorites here. Uh... It's ridiculous. I mean, I don't really get it either. Their defense is obviously okay. Oklahoma State's defense is not. But Kellen Mond has been there everything this year. And when he's not dominating games for them, they look lackluster and sloppy on offense. 
you all Oklahoma State need to do is somewhat contain him, and I think they put up enough points to the point where A&M can't roll with the big dogs. I agree with you. I think there's a lot that's gone into it with people thinking that Texas A&M are better than they are because they've had a hard schedule. So they played Clemson, they played LSU, they played Alabama, they played Auburn. Yeah, they're all really fucking good teams. Like They lost to all of them. They're all really good teams. They didn't yeah. get embarrassed in those games. But they also weren't in the game. Exactly. Like, let's be real. Exactly. Like, they right. weren't actually in them. And, and, and that's kind of my point is that I think people give them probably a little bit more credit because they had these matches with really good opponents that they weren't embarrassed in. It's kind of like, no, nah, they're good. They've just had a really hard uh, schedule. Nah, I'm not buying that. I like Oklahoma State in this one. I think they're the more dynamic team and they're going to show out, especially with Tuber on the field, the fact that he's elected to play. I'm back in Oklahoma State to win. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think Texas A&M might be one of the most overrated teams in the country. They've been ranked the majority of the year and I just don't think they're that great. Moving on, uh, 11.30, USC and Iowa in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. I feel like a, a bowl in San Diego, California would be a godsend from the boys from Iowa. Yeah, it's also uh, a long way. It is a long I mean, it is a long way, but they get some sunshine. I mean, what do you think about this one? You've got an Iowa offense that can't move the ball. You've got a USC team that was riddled with injury throughout the year. And uh, to be honest... I've done about as much preparation for this episode as I've bought Christmas presents, which is zero. So, I mean, this USC team will be returning some guys off of that injury list. The offense is clicking as well as it has all year. Iowa, we know, won't be able to score anything more than about 24 points. So, to me, it makes sense to pick USC, which means Iowa will probably win comfortably. But I just... Don't see a world in which Iowa win this game. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and for me, it's more the fact that USC have really been hot down the stretch. Yeah, massively. Like, like and Graham Harrell's sticking around now. There's some confidence. You, some you, continuity. If all there's of a that. team, and I said this last episode, if there's a team that must feel good about where they're at right now, USC are it. Except for the fact that they're 80th in recruiting. I mean, apart from that. But, <laughs> but the, yeah, no. I, but for from, the, t- the playing group, they don't. Exactly you know, right. From what we've seen. And I think it is a young group. And, and that kind of might play into it. That they're not expecting a big class because they don't need a big class because there's not going to be a lot graduating. I think th- they've matured a lot as a young group. They've obviously got elite talent from previous years before. It's clicking for them. I expect them to win this one quite comfortably. Especially because it's played in their backyard. And Iowa are traveling the country. Okay, I would say pick Iowa then. If you're a betting man, pick Iowa. With the amount of confidence that Will has on this, I'm saying pick Iowa. If you've listened to the show for a couple of years now, you're probably thinking the exact same thing. (laughs) Uh, Okay, 145, Air Force and Washington State in the Cheez-It Bowl, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Wow, this is two complete polar opposites. You have got the Air Raid under Mike Leach in Washington State. You've got Air Force who run the triple option against a team that cannot defend really at all in Washington Especially State. Especially the run. Oh, horrific. They're like l- not last in the country, but certainly uh, they're not going very well. Uh, I I don't know where I come down on this. I think Air Force have been good lately. The issue is going to be is if Washington State jump them out the blocks and Air Force are down 14 nothing, it's almost game over against an Air Raid team. Uh be- uh, as a, an option team. As an option team, yeah. sorry. Just to be able to re- regain those possessions. You know you know your possessions are shorter. 
they they talk about it in in college football all the time you know you lose two possessions playing a, a, an option team so what are you going to do if if you start getting down now washington state have been hot and cold all over the place if i'm a betting man i'm staying well away from this one i'm it feels like Air Force should win it, so I'm going to take Washington State. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on this one. I, I don't know where to land on it. I'm steering clear. Air Force three point favourites, and they deserve that. I mean, they've been good this year, ten and two record. Uh, they've been an impressive unit, and Washington State have been all over the shop. They, they started quite well. Uh, I think they won their first four or so, and then they've obviously struggled since then. Anthony Gordon is probably the reason that I lean Washington State. He's also the reason I don't do it with any great confidence yeah. because he has been excellent. He, he's thrown... 45 touchdowns this An insane year. amount of <laughs> touchdowns. Like over 5,000 yards. That's what you get in this offense, but he's been the pinnacle. Well, you, like, you don't though because he's setting records all correct, over the correct. place. Yeah, so. yeah. So, so I guess that's it. You see massive numbers. You see Gordy numbers. These are the top of that. He's breaking those records, which is super impressive. So... I'm going to back that in. Like I, I, I'll take that to win. So, not putting any money on it. So I'm taking I'm Air Force. <laughs> and the more I think about it, ooh, yeah, I'm going to take Air Force. I'm, I'm flipping the script here. All right, on Sunday, the 29th of December, a really, really juicy matchup here. Number 17, Penn, uh, Memphis. Sorry, take on number 10, Penn State, in the Goodyear Cotton Bell Classic in Arlington, Texas. Now. You've got, I mean, who does this mean more to? Memphis will want to be seen as one of the big boys, so I assume they're going to come out. A massive scalp like uh, Penn State would be huge for that program. And, you know, I, I believe in, in Memphis football and I believe in their offense. Penn State's offense on the other, on the other side, like Sean Clifford has been erratic at times anyone outside of uh, Pat Frymouth and KJ Hamler has been inconsistent Um, they seem to have settled on Journey Brown in the running back position Uh, I think this will be this could be the game of the bowl season on paper okay so you really like this one I do I think this one should be fantastic I am all over Penn State in this one I love Penn State to win this Uh, I'm I think the shine's kind of wearing off the American. You know, I've been pro-American all year, that conference. I've been saying it's been better than the ACC and rah, rah, rah. And then watching SMU get smacked by FAU has me concerned a little bit. And and I see that trend continuing. I see Penn State comfortably winning this one against Memphis. Uh, they were a little shaky down the stretch, but nothing terrible you know like their two losses on the year were to a good minnesota team on the road that they lost by was it four or five points and they went down to ohio state on the road by 11 who's top two team in the the country outside of that they were really good they were smoking teams early they had a few tight tussles but they're they're a very good football team i think they're a class above where memphis is at at the moment and i expect them to win this one absolutely they've got far more talent far more ability i mean you look at all the guys across particularly that front seven who are absolute units for the nittany lions but the only question i have is around that defense and we've talked about how good they were and how well they started but they have been on a slide that they have not been able to regain control of towards the back end of the season and memphis's offense is good i mean kenneth gainwell is a fantastic player brady white has put up 
far bigger and better numbers than what Sean Clifford has, and and he's been renowned as an as a pretty solid all round quarterback for Penn State. I know the defense they're playing are different, but I I'm probably going to take Memphis on this one. Okay, so Penn State seven point favorites. You, you, I think you Penn State's the... the better team. Don't get me wrong. I'm just in this particular matchup. You're taking the seven. I'm taking I'm taking Memphis. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, same time slot, 3.30, Notre Dame and Iowa State in the Camping World Bowl. You getting it's, up for these ones? These ones feel like they're worth getting up for. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know how much action I'm going to be able to see just due to continual Life. house moving and like this is my holidays, but I don't feel like it. I'm fucking balls to the wall here. Uh, and then we've got a th- trip we're heading away for at the start of January. So... And a wedding we've got to go to. So I don't know how much time I'm going to see on the 29th. I'll be hung over because I've got a buck show on the 28th. But Stay up. <laughs> stay up. So, mate, well, it starts at 8.30 in the morning. So not sure that's going wow. to happen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll probably get up and, and have a bit of a crack at these, I think. Okay. Notre Dame, Iowa State. Oh, I could see Brock Purdy just throwing for like 400 yards on Notre Dame. But I have been really impressed. Notre Dame, to me, have been the quietly best team going around. Like, out, I mean, they lost early and then fell out of the media spotlight. They lost that game to Michigan. I think they got blown out pretty badly. And then from there, Notre Dame really drifted into insignificance. But as that happened, they actually started playing better and better. Uh, Ian Book started pushing the ball downfield a little bit more. Chase Claypool started going off. They started getting balance on the offensive side, and that defense is still really, really good as well. So Notre Dame, to me, have been a really good team down the stretch. It's just no one's talking about them. Iowa State, I mean, if, if, I, if I check this score, if I'm too hungover to get up and I check this score, and I see that in the... You know, in the fourth quarter, it's 17-10 Notre Dame. Wouldn't surprise me. If I saw that it's 42-40 Iowa State, wouldn't surprise me. If I saw that Notre Dame, Iowa, Notre Dame's blowing out Iowa State, wouldn't surprise me. Like I think this game could go anywhere. But with the track record, I'm probably taking the Irish yeah. just. I mean, there's a wide range of outcomes here, and I think that's reflected in the spread. So uh, Notre Dame four-point favorites here. And that just feels like a really awkward number because I think this just is an awkward matchup. Yeah, yeah. It, it could go absolutely anywhere. And from a betting sense, it doesn't make sense for that line, uh, for that spread to stretch out any further yeah. from there. Well, there'll, there'll be so. money thrown either side. I mean, uh, Notre Dame have won their last five. Uh, the last couple in particular, they've been uh, impressive against Stanford and Boston College. They've really kind of beaten them off the park. Even Navy as well, who yeah, a decent team. We thought they were going to be okay. Yeah, they beat Ooh. the pants off of them as well. Duke before that won by 30-odd points. So whilst, yeah, they, they had a close loss, respectable loss to Georgia and that big loss to uh, Michigan. Outside of that, you're right. This is a good football team, uh, probably somewhat disrespected football team in how little they've been discussed at, at any level. And Iowa State, whilst they have a good good coach playing a tough conference, I mean, they're 7-5 seven and, seven and five on the year. They haven't been super impressive. I like Notre Dame in this one. Yep, for sure. This is the day, by the way. The 28th of December is one you'll want to get up for. There's a whole bunch of college football this day. We've got the semifinals on this day. So we're just going to quickly skip over them for the moment. Uh, we're going to circle back, jump past them and come back. So Tuesday, the 31st of December, Western Kentucky, Western Michigan. Pick someone from the West. 
I'll take Kentucky. Okay, in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, I'm also taking Western Kentucky. 7.30 a.m. Mississippi State and Louisville. In the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl, good bowl game to get as well in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, give me a pick on this one. I will take Louisville. I'm surprised Mississippi State made a bowl game this year. Yeah, they haven't I, been very good. I don't think they have either. I think Mikhail Cunningham for the Cardinals has been really, really good. Scott Satterfield, I think a lot of that offense will do too much against a good Mississippi State defense. Don't get me wrong, but I think Louisville will get over the line there. 7.30 as we continue on Tuesday, 31st of December. Cow and Illinois in what could be a snooze fest. I'm taking Illinois just because I want them to win, although I think Chase Garbers is back for Cow and they're a far better team offensively when he is the trigger man. So I think the Bears will win, but I'd love to see Illinois get up. Yeah, I'm Illinois too. They made me money earlier this year, so that's got them on my good side. That's in the Red Box Bowl in Santa Clara, California. At 11.30, number nine, Florida take on number 25, Virginia in the Orange Bowl. Now, this is historically a massive, massive game in terms of bowl game relevance. The Orange Bowl is a massive one. For those people that don't know, this one's played in Miami, Florida. Uh, and the winner of the ACC historically goes to that, but Clemson made the playoff, so Virginia get it as the next best-ranked ACC team. Which just... Oh, yuck. uh, We've been saying this about the ACC all year, but... Gee, I hope they have a good year next year. They need it. The ACC? Yeah. Yeah, oh, me too. I I hope (laughs) someone bounces back from that next level down, but... Yeah, just kind of, you're right. The, the Orange Bowl is always one that you get excited about. This year, I don't care for this at all. Seems like a massacre waiting to happen. Yeah. Uh, so Bryce Perkins, again, I'm going to give the same preview as I've given probably four times for Virginia this year. <laughs> and that is they've got a good defense and their quarterback tries to do everything. Not tries to do, has to do everything. He's asked to do everything. Yeah, he's asked to do everything. Florida, not dissimilar, I guess. Good defense, uh, you know, They've got some okay pieces at wide receiver and in the backfield as well. But Florida are better defensively, and I still don't think that highly of them. I think at number nine, they're actually overrated. I know they're 10 and 2 at the moment. I just don't think Florida is as good as what their talent is reflecting. Uh, they'll still beat Virginia, though. Yeah, this will land on that line there. Florida will win by two touchdowns. In fact, you know, last episode, we had a whole bunch of teams that we just are not going to care about in the offseason. We're not going to miss? Yeah. I'm not going to miss this game. Yeah. I like either this game, yeah. I, will, I do not give a shit. Uh, okay. Wednesday, the 1st of January. Happy New Year. New Year 6 Bowl? No? Okay. Uh, Virginia Tech take on Kentucky in the Belk Bowl. Ugh, I'm going to take Virginia Tech. Not that I think Hendon Hook is actually a very good quarterback, but Lynn Bowden Jr. is declared. I don't know if he's going to play in the game. He has to play. If he doesn't play, they can't fucking field a team. Just put the punter at quarterback and hope. Max Duffy. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's not a bad plan, actually. I really like that. Uh, so I'll probably take Virginia Tech. Just as, you know, Bud Foster, again, you give Bud Foster time. He knows how to prep a defense. And this will be his send-off, right? This will be it. He's been around for fucking 40 years. Yeah. Longer. Yeah. So there, there's yeah. a bit more in it for these Hokies. His liver's packing up, dude. <laughs> the fact that they're going to... Kentucky are going to be punting on first down and it's Bud Foster's <laughs> last game. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Hokies here. Okay. This is an interesting one, actually. I'm okay with this game. Uh, is Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Don't know how Florida State landed it. 
but they have. So Mike Novell's going to coach this game. I don't know how this happens. How does he, after two weeks, coach a game? Because his offense isn't in, like, he's he doesn't coaching. have the same... Is that a terminal. thing? Well, like, he's not coaching Memphis. So I don't really know how that situation works, but he'll be at the game. He'll be watching, cheering the boys on, I assume. I don't, I don't know. That's Yeah, it's, it's a fucking weird situation. <laughs> anyway, it's unheard of. Anyway, so uh, I'm taking Arizona State. I'm taking Jaden Daniels in El Paso. Florida State will get out the blocks fast as they normally do and then just hit a dead... A brick wall is what I was after. I'll take Florida State because it doesn't make any sense that they win. Okay, perfect. 7-15, Navy and Kansas State. I don't really care too much for this game. I think Navy the better team. Kansas State, they beat Oklahoma. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This is... I mean, these two teams probably deserve each other, it feels like. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... They've both been okay. They've both had their chances. They've both had their ups. They've both had their downs. Oh, I really enjoyed that. So <laughs> I, I think it's it's a it's a good matchup. I like it. Okay, so it's kind of I don't know, but it's not one I want to watch. Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> like it's it's that. No, it's like Beast and the Beast. Okay. <laughs> All right. So eight a.m. Uh, as we move, Wyoming, Georgia State. Do you care? <laughs> How the fuck do they get a game on New Year's oh, Day? I don't know. I don't know. 11 o'clock, Utah and Texas. <laughs> um, this is a bit of an interesting one. Two different types of teams in the Alamo Bowl kicking off. Sam Ellinger is going to try and lead the Longhorns to some sort of relevancy at the end of the year. And if they did beat Utah, that would certainly be the case. Oh, Tom Herman, I'm nervous about and, and how well he is going down in Austin. Kyle Whittingham, I think think we'll look to bounce back I, I think he'll take this game extremely seriously i don't think this is going to be a letdown for him i think he wants to prove that the pac 12 and the utah utes are for real uh but oh god i, I don't know I, I i don't know where this one is because it wouldn't surprise me again to see texas come flying out of the blocks and and they're going to show something that utah probably haven't seen all year correct and i like i can't help but think in the back of my mind that sugar bowl last year texas beating georgia how well they played in that one does that factor in here i, I don't think so i think the danger is that that we saw a utah defense get exposed up front against a not that Oregon are the the Oregon of old under Chip Kelly with that full spread out, high paced, high tempo offense. They're not that, but they still have got athletes and they still you know run some pretty fast paced sort of stuff and and a bit more spready kind of stuff. And Texas is going to give that because they're from the Big Twelve, so that's what you do. You throw the ball downfield. You're aggressive on offense. So Utah are going to see that, and can they maintain the rage? There's, there's questions there all of a sudden, which we haven't seen from Utah all year. Yeah, definitely. I was I was really all about them going into that Pac-12 championship game, and I've kind of stepped right back now, and I'm really keen to see how this one plays out. So I think Utah deserve the win because they, they des- they've had the better year, Yeah, but perhaps that won't be how it plays out. For sure. Okay, Outback Bowl. Gee, we've got a lot to get to. Number, 10, number 18, Minnesota. Number 12, Auburn. Played in Tampa, Florida. Uh, Auburn are the better team. More talented across the board. Uh, yeah, but I'd argue Minnesota have had the better year. Oh, like, absolutely. We've been 
craving for a team like Minnesota for a couple of years now, and here they are. So I hope they go and give it a good shake. But I thought this about Purdue last year. I was like, yeah, they got to a bowl game. They played Auburn. They'll play it close, and they got absolutely fucking fisted. So I'm going to take War Eagle here. I think Auburn are the more talented team. Uh, they're you know, in, in a good place defensively. And Minnesota just are going to get out talented in yeah. this one. For me, I just need to understand who's playing for Auburn. Like it really comes down to if they have a handful of dudes sitting out because they don't want to play in the outback bowl and they're going on to the draft, then that's going to have a big impact in the outcome of this game. So you've done your research though, and you know who's playing. Oh, it's so far away they haven't made that decision yet. That's not accurate. It sounds all right. Four thirty in a game where I feel like one or both of these teams are not really going to give a shit. Number 14, Michigan, and number 13, Alabama, kickoff in the Citrus Bowl. This one's played in Orlando as well. Now, uh, Jim Harbaugh gets to see his brother just tear it up with an innovative offense in the NFL and Lamar Jackson, but that is not happening at Michigan. So... Where do you come down on this one for the Crimson Tide? I'm, I'm taking Alabama, by the way. I mean, for mine, I think that Michigan really care about this game. They want to get this win. This is the Texas-Georgia matchup like Michigan keen as. Alabama, on the other hand, do not give a fuck. It Who's is the leading receiver at Alabama this year? Devonta Smith. That surprises me. Yeah, it's pretty even. I mean, he's yeah. he's put up the numbers. They've, yeah. they've got so much. I guess talent. he had been a couple of that. massive games as well. Correct, like three hundred yards. Yeah, fucking burst. four touchdowns. Yeah. Sort of setups. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean Alabama's got all the talent. Again, we don't know who's sitting out from that game yet. That that full list hasn't been announced, and that is true. <laughs> <laughs> but. For mine, yeah, Alabama are so used to playing four national championships. that they're, they're so all about that. I think that they take the foot off the pedal where Michigan, this would be a big statement win for them. If they could knock off a blue blood like Alabama, I think inside the walls of that program, they'd be really keen for that and feel big about that. On like the scheme of things, I don't think it means much. No. Like, if they do I, win this, I don't care. How, how does a team, like I, I wonder, this is kind of like a... A question that I don't think, well, neither of us are in a position to answer this. Actually, maybe you are, having been around Oklahoma State after they lost to Iowa State. And then, you know, they should have felt, or they felt like they should have played for national championship and didn't. Like, how does a team like Alabama take this? What's the process? What's the feeling that goes through the program when that sort of stuff happens? It's, I guess it's different every year. It's de- it depends on the group that you've got. So it, mm. it's really hard because from the outside, we see a team as a continuation we see this Alabama team as a continuation yeah, but yeah. every year is so different because yeah. you've only got four years at the program and then you're cycling through there's so many fresh faces all the time it really depends on where they're at in the cycle of things these guys have been pretty banged up this year I think expectations have been so high on them for so long I honestly think that they really are going to go into this one and be like, meh. How did your Brandon Whedon-led cowpokes handle that situation? I don't know where they ended up going. Fiesta Bowl? Yeah, went to Fiesta Bowl, beat Stanford, Andrew Luck in that one. But did anyone give a shit? Like, were they... Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a little bit different because it was the pinnacle of Oklahoma State football. Like, it's the the most successful that program's ever been. Yeah. 
So when you're talking about that, yeah, it's yeah, a little yeah. bit different to when you're continually challenging for a national championship. So and there now still would have been that disappointment back. for those boys, though. Oh, like absolutely. The- yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they still kind of were hoping and holding out hope to make the top two because LSU and Alabama had already played off. Yeah, That yeah. game had already happened. It's like, well, and our record's pretty good. Yes, we have a loss, but Everyone's outside of that, yeah, exactly right. Things yeah. were good. So they still had hope and it was disappointing. But, yeah, to, to go to the Fiesta Bowl and, and to win that was still a, a pretty cool consolation prize for them. Okay, the Rose Bowl, 8.30 a.m. Season number six, Oregon take on number eight, Wisconsin. This one has held tradition in that the Pac-12 take on the Big Ten, which is really, really good. I mean, you've got a bit of a couple of two different styles here on offense that Oregon defense appears to have stepped back up again the Oregon offensive line looks good they've played up to competition all year so I'm going to take the Ducks in this one because I just don't think Wisconsin's going to have enough as you say um, shots in the gun to be able to roll with Oregon now Jonathan Taylor playing uh, he is playing yes but I still don't think outside of Quintez Cephas uh, I just I think Oregon going to be too good yeah, I for mine, I like Wisconsin in this one. I think Oregon have been somewhat susceptible out of conference. I think the Pac-12 is still not yeah. not all that crash hot. So it is a long road trip for Wisconsin. Like that does factor into these things. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel better about Wisconsin and Jonathan Taylor than I do with Oregon. And that is with Oregon's Pac-12 championship in the front of my mind. Like I doubted them in that one. I backed Utah to the hill in that and then got burnt pretty severely. <laughs> yeah. So, But I'm doubling down. I'm, I'm going back and I'm saying Wisconsin's going to knock them off. They're going to do what Utah couldn't. I do have a bold prediction all of a sudden. Cool. Uh, okay, you can probably imagine where that's geared around. Um, Twelve fifteen, Georgia, the number five team in the country, and the number seven team in the country, Baylor, head to the Allstate Sugar Bowl in Mercedes-Benz, uh, the Superdome in New Orleans, the home of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you, you've heard my views on Georgia all year. Uh, I, I don't know if that makes me feel any better about Baylor. I think they're Georgia's defense is probably too good and, and they, they're used to playing in bigger games. So I'll probably take the Bulldogs in this one, but I would love to see Baylor get up. I like Baylor in this one, actually. I don't have any issue with that. I, yeah. Six-point underdogs. Talk me into it. Six-point underdogs feels about right from, from a talent level, I suppose, because we know the, the talent that Georgia has. But Baylor have been overachieving all year from what we expect I suppose that they are a very good football team they almost beat Oklahoma uh, in the Pac-12 championship game oh sorry Big 12 championship game they were right with them the last time they played as well they should have won that game they got out to the big lead and then Jalen Hurts just went all Jalen Hurtsy I, I really like Baylor in this one and Georgia just have so many flaws I mean you've pointed it out a number of times they're not a complete football team they have some pretty significant issues defensively yeah they're really really good but they can't score Baylor can I like Baylor in this one yeah I mean I'm I'm convinced I think it the only issue is Baylor may struggle to move the ball but I'm not convinced with Jake from uh DeAndre Swift I still don't know that they're as as good as um, as good as they should be for how talented they are uh, and like you said, to be to be fair, I expected Baylor to get blown out by Oklahoma second time around, and that didn't happen. You're right. 
they hung with them, which means they've got stickability, they've got stability, they can roll with that team. And um, so, yeah, that is fair enough. I Baylor to cover then. All right, let's fly through this because we are running well over time here, my friend. Obviously, Friday, 3rd of January, Boston College and Cincinnati. Give me a pick. Oh, two of my teams facing off. Obviously, you know I'll be watching this. Yeah, Uh, Cincinnati win. They're better. Okay, I will also take Cincinnati. Ten thirty because of the defense. Ten thirty a.m. Indiana and Tennessee. Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Who you got? Tennessee, they've been traveling better down the stretch. I think they're heading in a positive direction. Yeah, so do I. I agree on that. Although Indiana have had one of their best seasons in forever. So well done to the Hoosiers. But I am going to take Tennessee as well. Saturday, 4th of January, higher Nevada. I'll take Nevada, but I don't give a shit. I am with you too. Uh, Sunday, 5th of January, another game I don't give a shit about. Southern Miss and Tulane, I'll take the green wave. Yeah, these are just really stocking fillers, aren't they? What the fuck is going on here? And the last one, Louisiana, Raging Cajuns and Miami, Ohio. It's the Cajuns, certainly. They've been pretty good this year. 10-3. They, they have been. Miami, Ohio kind of... What are they doing playing bit, 13 bit games? A shock playing in the... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, dude. There's, this is weird. <laughs> anyway, okay, let, let us circle back. And I know we're going to have to make these quick, but firstly, happy with the top four? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Which is disappointing because you know I want the eight yeah, and yeah. there's not really an argument to have. Like it's yeah. these four. Yeah. Uh, I think there's three and one, but yes, so I don't. Three and one and like maybe Oregon. Yeah, they had their chance. and They, they did, you're right. And they fucked it. You're right. So anyway, uh, okay, so 7.30 a.m. on Wednesday the 20th, sorry, on Friday the 27th of December, is that right? No, sorry, Saturday 28th of December, that's how well I'm going. Good. I've got to stop drinking while we do these shows. Number four, Oklahoma take on number one, LSU in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. This one's in Atlanta, Georgia. Is there a world in which Oklahoma can win this game? No. Cool. All right. I... Well, the, the world is passed us by in that the fact that they are now down two starters and a key backup, Oklahoma, it's too much. They, they were already outgunned. And to, to pile that on against this historic LSU offense, no way. They're going to concede 70 points. 70? Well, a lot. Okay. Uh yeah, I mean, I tend to agree. I also think Jalen Hurts will turn the ball over. We've seen him put the ball in dangerous places and he'll put the ball on the ground or drop the ball. I did that literally and figuratively. My, my but, fear is a lot less Jalen Hurts and a lot more respect for LSU and what they bring to the table. And that's a, that's a great shout as well. We know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is battling a little bit with a hamstring injury, but apparently he is going to play in the game at this stage. Uh, but he may be one to keep an eye on. Joe Heisman, not to be mistaken for Joe Theismann, who had his leg shattered into pieces uh, by Lawrence Taylor in the NFL. But Joe Burrow Burrow is an absolute freak. Uh, He's probably played himself into the top three or four. Yeah, top one. Well, no, it is one. Like, he's locked in. And I, Cincinnati now have the number one pick. He's from Southern Ohio. They are in Southern Ohio. It's a match made in heaven. It's done. I actually, I would not be picking him number one overall. I'd take Chase Young. He's a system quarterback. Chase Young hasn't declared. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, we'll go into the draft prospects of these guys later. But 
I 100% agree, and we've seen LSU are battle-tested. They've played all the big names, and they've just wrecked house through the college football, or the SEC, SEC landscape. No one's been able to hang with them, and I just don't see a world in which Oklahoma, whose defense is the worst of any reasonable team, that they can that they can hang tough. I mean, they they need the only way is that they need to play a perfect game and they need to get lucky at the same time. Correct. Yeah, and the chance of those two things happening is minimal. Correct. It, it just ain't happening. Not in this one. So I'm fairly confident, very confident in saying LSU are going to win that one. It's the next one that has me intrigued. In terms of co- as confident as I am in LSU is the complete opposite in this game. So at 11.30, we've got number three, Clemson. We've got number two, Ohio State. Clemson yeah. coming to this game favourites. Uh, this is the Fiesta Bowl. And I think they deserve to be favourites in this game. But I could not be less confident in either one of these picks. Well, I, yeah, oh, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's less of a confidence thing. It's more just excitement. Like These are two teams undefeated at the top of their game at the moment, really travelling well. And... They've both... So had, you, you've said Ohio State are the best team in the country yes, all year. I've been saying that for a long time, yes. Do you think they are right now? So you obviously think they're going to win this game, and why? I do think they win their game, but like I, I'm not hugely confident. I'm excited about what's going to be put out in the field because of how good Clemson is. The, thing, the big question mark with Clemson that we all have to acknowledge is that they haven't played anyone decent, like all year. Texas A and M, dude. That, is that the best team that they've played? Like that's that's Forest, that's pretty mate, piss poor. Pretty Wake Forest. They're pretty good. Like all all of their matchups, they've been double digit favorites, and then they've won by more than that. Like so, <laughs> so shit. Yeah, Triple that's digits, impressive. Yeah, just correct. Trashing teams. Yeah. Correct. They're, they're doing really well, but they haven't played anyone. Where Ohio State have, they've played some really good teams, and then they've come out on top and. They've dominated most of the games that they've played in. Or when they have fallen behind, they've shown that they're a good enough team to say, actually, no, I'm better than you. I, I'm facing this adversity. I'm able to claw back and then accelerate away from that, not just scrape over the line. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, but I feel like those little wobbly moments that Ohio State have had, and don't get me wrong, Clemson had one as well against North Carolina. North Carolina had a chance to beat yeah. uh, the Tigers as well. So let's not pretend that Clemson have played a clean season by any means, and they certainly got off to a slow start. But is there a hotter team in college football right now than Clemson? Possibly not. I also think the wobbly parts of Ohio State they got down to Wisconsin in their Big Ten Championship. And the, those iffy... You can't play a, a wobbly half against Clemson. Game's over. Trevor Lawrence is still the best quarterback in college football. And his last six weeks of the season have been absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, you know, he's still throwing 34 touchdowns. He's still throwing for over 3,000 yards in a team that runs the ball because they're up by so much. So... To me, I'm going to take Clemson. I'm going to stick with my thought at the start of the year, and that is that Clemson go undefeated and win the national championship. Ohio State will have their chance to win this game. There is absolutely no question about that. And if and if there are any questions, it's around that Clemson defense. And I think for Ohio State to win, the winner of this game is going to run the ball better. That is my prediction. Uh, and I'm going to take Clemson just because of, of how good 
they are across the border, and, and that offense. But both of them are. Like, both of them I, are. I, I, abs- absolutely. I mean, like I'm, not, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You've got to Arguing <laughs> that. Arguing that in any way. But I, I'm. I'm going to take Clemson. Uh, I think they'll get their their chances against. You know, what Clemson did to Alabama, I know it's a year ago, what Clemson did to Alabama on the offensive side of the ball, nobody saw that coming. Yeah. And I think they've got the opportunity to do that again. So yeah. I'm I taking mean, the, the time. There's such juicy matchups like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins. Like it's, it's all across the field. These guys have NFL talent, like at every position. Yeah, and, well, then and, you've got like across the offensive, defensive line, you've got Chase Young going. Well, and not only that, I feel like Chase Young gets all the attention but the the boys are on yeah. the interior of that defensive line are really good as well and and that Clemson and and every both teams are going to make plays like no team is going to dominate this from start to finish both teams are going to have their moments and who can who can come up big when your team's either playing well or when those moments come who's going to win those yeah. moments if, if and, there's a game you got to watch oh, it, it's got to be this one like yeah, on absolutely. the I'm I'm super excited for it I like Ohio State. Am I, I think coming to your house to watch this? The, probably the big uh, thing Just that I would say that? for cool. Clemson cool. That's all right. is the Dabo Sweeney factor. Yeah, yeah, but what are we questioning here? Ryan Day and a his ability? Bit. Well, a little bit. I mean, he hasn't he been hasn't, in this situation exactly before. Right. He but hasn't he, done it before. I said this in the Big Ten championship game, I think. We haven't seen it from him, and he keeps showing it. Yeah, yeah. But he has to kind of... Each week is another step. This is a bigger game than that one. Then, yeah. And then the next week is going to be bigger than that. I don't know. That Like, a back double win. He's shown that to me. Last year, they were so impressive against that Alabama team. It's tough to go against that. So but, you're taking Ohio State? Yes, I'm Ohio State. I'm, I'm backing them in still as the best team in so, the country. So you're saying LSU, Ohio State, so the one and two teams will make it through to the, the that playoff? That is my prediction, yes. Okay, I'm going to take LSU and... I think Clemson do it, and we will see just how good. Okay, and if uh, we can't get another show in before the national championship, obviously we'll try to. Yeah, we'll try and make some time for that. But if we can't at this stage, if you had to back one in, I could, I don't think I've flipped my script on a team as much as I have LSU um, over the course of twelve months. Yep. I was you heard me when yeah. Miami opened against LSU last year. I did not rate them. I am so high on them. The only question, the only last question mark for LSU to answer after they go and trash Oklahoma is, can they handle a national championship game? We know Clemson can do that, but can LSU handle the long halftime break, the big pregame, the build-up to the game? Can they manage that and control their emotions? Uh, they're, a, they're a big-time SEC program. They'll be all right. Yeah, but... You know, that would be my only question mark. Apart from that, gee, I, I think that's the best game. I think that's the best. Well, actually, I host that really good. As long as there's a combination, I, they need to beat Oklahoma. That's all I really want. Whatever happens after that, I, I think Oklahoma are a step below. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see that. So for mine, it's Ohio State at this stage. They win this and then they go on and win it all. Okay, I'll take LSU to beat Clemson in an absolute barn burner okay let's go we are running well and truly over but oh, i do so want to get my on the punt picks in okay. i Quick want us th- to have a bold prediction yeah okay bold prediction go uh can't remember what mine was okay now. i will go mine oh, actually I, you go okay mine is the lsu are going to beat oklahoma by more than 35 points you're <laughs> <laughs> going smack <laughs> That is humongous, but I don't hate it. Uh, you mentioned that Jonathan Taylor will 
just dominate against Oregon. Yep. I'm going to say CJ Vidal will rush for over 50 yards more than what Jonathan okay. Taylor will. Okay, that won't happen, but okay. Yep. All right, happy with that. Uh, championship draft, I'll quickly mention, that is still in the works, but we can't move or do any action on that until post-bowl season where I will take out the championship. Well, yeah, things had tightened right up in our draft things. And then that last week, I think I had a bit of a stinker. A lot of... <laughs> lot of the matchups went your way, so I think you've opened up a bit more of a lead. But hey, there's Bowl still... season changes a lot. Exactly right. A lot of games we played that we've just been through, so that'll be an interesting one that we'll cover off it's at the end of the season. It's kind of like playing Sale of the Century, where like your first three rounds are effectively irrelevant, yeah. and then like the last round, it's like, hey, anyone can yeah, win. Mega like, money or whatever the fuck, the fuck it is. Why the fuck do we yeah. do that? All right, on the punt, let's do it, Will, because we are fucking... You've got places to be. I do. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Okay, here we go. Uh, on the punt, last one of the year, probably. And yeah. uh, I'm, I've had a stinker. The last one I've had a stinker. I've, I'm, I, I lost a lot. I lost, <laughs> lost most of our units. So we've, we've dug back into like a dub, double-digit hole, which isn't good. So I need to hit on, on these ones this week in order to dig us around. <sighs> I'm disappointed, but I'm feeling good about these three. I've gone back to the... Back to the well. The winning, we're going to Utah again. You're the winning formula that I've had. Boston College. Uh, three Boston games. College. Three games. Three units on each of them, and uh, them. a multi on one of them. Uh, sorry, one unit on all of them. So first up, my boys, Oklahoma State, um, taking them to win Ooh. against Texas A and M outright. So whatever that is, two fifty, whatever money you're getting there, they're going to win easy. Don't worry about it. Back them in. A lot of research went into that one. Straight from my heart. <laughs> Get around me, guys. Don't worry about it. Uh, next one's easy. LSU minus 13 and a half. That's not enough yeah. points. They're going to smoke that. Uh, and last one, Wisconsin. I'm taking them minus three against Oregon. I, I'm backing the Big Ten to be quite significantly better than the Pac-12 and Wisconsin to win that game by enough. Mm, I've got question marks around all of those. I feel like... All of them? Well, so the, I feel the Oklahoma LSU one sounds. Ju- I know I've bigged up LSU, but if it gets shootouty, those lines, like points. those, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of points if it gets that way. So, um, so that might be one. Just but, to, to help along the Wisconsin one, the Badgers are four and zero against the spread in their last four non-conference games, uh, where the Ducks are two and six in their last eight non-conference games. How did it help you throughout the year? Just checking all those um, against the spread about breaking even. Until, yeah, okay. until, last cool. <laughs> until last week. Righto. So, any last comments from you, William? Are we done here? We're all no, wrapped yeah, up. That, We're done. What a fucking slate. This is exciting. This is yeah, like, this is good. I mean, some of these games, as we said, we don't give a shit about. I mean, Eastern Michigan Pitt should be good. Some of it just don't bother. But for some that we have mentioned, the big games, the New Year's Six, the, the college playoff ones, Fuck, it's going to be good. We're, we're going to really learn what this season's all about. And it's been a cracking season, so I expect it to really kind of continue on that vein. Uh, and I hope so, because it's been far better season than last year. So let's make sure that for all the players out there listening to this show, make sure it's a fucking good one. Make, and referees as well. Do something fucking weird. Make some shit happen for us. No, just stay out of the game. Uh, make some weird shit happen weird calls that's what we want anyway uh, that does bring us to the end firstly before we do sign off please to all the people out there have a Merry Christmas and a safe and healthy 
intoxicated New Year's. Yes, Merry Christmas to everyone and to you, my friend. Actually, yeah, Merry Christmas to you. I hope you have a good one and enjoy tonight. It's big in this Estonian sure world is. that you live in. Uh, for everyone else out there, please do have a Merry Christmas. And f- as a Christmas present to us, please make sure that you do subscribe to the show. Leave us a review uh, on iTunes. Uh, make sure you tell your friends and your family about us at Christmas so they can get on board for the next season. But please make sure that you do have a safe and enjoyable festive season. On behalf of that guy over there, my name is Aaron, that is Will, and we will see you in the new year. Thank you.